All right, it is Sunday, April 25th. This is the popular vote with Melissa and James. Melissa, how are you? Happy Sunday. I am doing great. It's a sunny day in Chicago. I've had kind of a busy weekend, but a good weekend. How's your weekend been? Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's sunny here. Um, it was not sunny yesterday, but um, I moved this weekend out of my house, so I'm in a new apartment. So um, who am I? Who is Congratulations. she? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a real honor. Um, my favorite thing that happened yesterday was when I showed up at the storage location, because I'm putting a lot of my stuff in storage right now. And the lady, um, she said, have you ever had a storage locker before? And I said, no. And she goes, welcome to storage. And it was <laughs> awesome. She was like, I welcome you to the storage family. So I'm now, um, I'm sure there are a lot of other people who are just as messy as me, if not messier, that have storage units. <laughs> Do you think she meant like, welcome to the extra storage, like the brand, like welcome to the extra storage family or just like, Welcome to being a borderline hoarder in which you have to have some kind of storage unit at all times. I'm going to assume the latter. Um, okay. To be quite honest, I'm going to assume I'm going to assume it was it was a somewhat passive aggressive remark. That's that's how I take things personally. But you know, it could have um, been a non brand thing. So, quick question for you about storage: Would you ever buy a storage unit sight unseen? For someone like that didn't make their payments and it was oh, up for grabs. Storage wars. Yeah. Would you ever do that? Uh, I think it would. Maybe. I think it would depend on the scenario and it would depend how much money it was. Like okay. if you're spending like two, three hundred dollars and like because, you know, like when they do it, they open up the locker and you can you mm -hmm. can't go in it, but you can like look. I think if I looked and I saw a couple things that I actually did want, then maybe. But like, I don't own a thrift store or anything like that. So like, yeah. those people who are like pickers, like, you know, would you? No, I'm trying to live a minimalist lifestyle. I don't want other people's junk in any capacity. Absolutely not. <laughs> I like how I was like, well, maybe. And you were like, no. <laughs> um Perfect. Okay. Well, speaking of baggage, I watched, I finished it. I started it like a few weeks ago, but I just didn't finish it until this morning when I needed something on to do some work around my new apartment. And I finished the Netflix college admissions scandal documentary. It's a documentary, but they have a lot of reenactments in it. And as a big Unsolved Mysteries fan, huge fan of reenactments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and what I thought was most interesting about this, I would recommend it. Um, but what I thought was so interesting about it is that really this documentary, like every documentary has an agenda, you know, at the end of the day, they are trying to portray someone as good and someone as bad, typically, not always, but typically. And I thought this one was interesting because they really paint the villains here, the colleges hmm. when all is said and done. Yes. The parents were bad. Um, the parents shouldn't have done what they have done. But the colleges were the enablers. They're the ones who were labeled the victims, but yet they profited, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions over the years from Rick Singer. And they didn't suffer any repercussion. Like they were the enablers of this entire scheme, but yet they were seen as the victims and they all came out financially ahead. Do you know what I mean? And do you agree with that? No, I think they should have been penalized too. I don't know how you would penalize them, but they should have been fined because, you know, those those schools knew exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. They were enabling it as well. Um, so I, you know, I I thought I kind of agreed with with 
the documentary in that sense. Cause I had never thought about it from that. I mean, I think we all were like, Oh, Aunt Becky's going to jail, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that that was how it was written in the press. And I totally think that that's fair. I mean, they should have had, you know, repercussions as well because they played a role. Um, but they really make the, not heroes, but the kind of real victims of this were the almost like cogs in the wheel at the university that accepted the checks. So like, for example, like they have, um, kind of shown as a victim, very sympathetic figure, the crew coach at USC that took checks because they're saying that this crew coach didn't even know what was going on. But I I don't know if I buy that either, but he did get penalized. He did get like a $10,000 fine and some probation, but he didn't get sentenced to jail. Um, He does come across as sympathetic, but I don't know if I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, I... I am not a fan of higher education. I think that it's an industry with uh, that's kind of a mess and it's increased in cost, but there's been no increase in value. And then you have stuff like this going on. I just, I'm not a fan of higher education. I haven't watched that Netflix documentary, but I have a feeling it's just going to be very annoying and frustrating to me. So yeah. Now, now with the reenactments, do they have people playing Aunt Becky or Felicity Huffman or Olivia? No, they actually had actual clips of them, but like Rick oh, okay. Singer, who was like the figure at the ha- like who was in the middle of all of it, who was like the actual like college admissions counselor mm-hmm. who was connecting the donors, the student, he was connecting all of them. Um, he's the one that's portrayed in most of the reenactments. I see. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, and yeah, and I I just want to confirm for the record that I echo all of your thoughts. I think there's no value that colleges add, and I think costs have skyrocketed. And I just wanted I wanted to co-sign that check, if you will. Uh, yeah, especially now. I mean, I'm hearing stories, of friends of friends that got admitted to Harvard, and they're paying the same cost to go to Harvard in tuition, but doing it remotely. It just it's crazy to me. I I, I am not a fan of higher education. I, for the record, I, I could not agree more. Um, speaking about other fun shows, SNL mm-hmm. is apparently having a certain special guest star host and a, and a musical guest who I think has previously hosted. Yes. So the, the host for May 8th is Elon Musk, which no one asked for this. This is so random. And then the musical guest is Miley Cyrus, who has hosted at least once before, and she's been musical guest at least yeah. once before. And I like, I, I mean, I don't love Miley Cyrus, but I think she's good on that show. Elon Musk being a host seems like a terrible idea for so many reasons. I mean, the the live in Saturday Night Live means live. And I have heard some of Elon Musk's earnings calls, which have also been live, and those are a hot mess. So I can't even imagine what this show is going to be like. I mean, here you have someone who is really not funny, incredibly awkward, and is a total control freak. And that's a terrible addition to a writer's room. So I think that this episode is going to be a train wreck. But what do you think? Well, I'm definitely going to DVR it. Um, I don't know if DVR is still a thing, but I will definitely (laughs) be DVRing it. And my wondering is this, is do you think you should buy Tesla like 
the day before oh. SNL or the day after SNL? Because do we think it's going to, it's going to be lower the day before or the, or is it going to be lower the day after my prediction is that Monday morning it will be lower and that will be a good, Monday afternoon will probably be prime real estate to buy Tesla stock. Right. Maybe. I, you know, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> I would agree with you. And for the, we're not giving any financial right. advice. Entertainment. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, on his earnings calls, he can't, or even on his Twitter account, he can't keep his mouth shut. So I have no doubt that he's going to say something incredibly stupid on that episode. And we'll see what happens to his stock. Or I, bet Tesla stock or- I bet stock on Thursday or Friday starts to go down just in anticipation of the episode. <laughs> uh, and my, my other favorite part of this is uh, Bo and Yang, who's one of my favorite cast members. Love her. Um. He he's voiced some unhappiness about this host choice, which is interesting. But James, do you know what Bo and Yang's Instagram handle is? Oh, do I? <laughs> Faye Dunaway, one of my favorite actresses. Um, I don't know if you know this. Um, and and unfortunately, you know, listeners can't see this, but I'm actually gonna show Melissa the only movie poster, the only poster in my entire bedroom right now. And it is Mommy Dearest. And oh it gosh. is a Mommy Dearest movie poster with none other than the iconic Faye Dunaway. On uh, it. It's the only thing, it's the only thing in my bedroom that's not my mattress or clothes. I just I just want to throw that out there. So I'm a huge fan. And I love that he grabbed that Instagram handle prior to Faye Dunaway grabbing it. <laughs> Faye Dunaway is one of the most difficult people to work with in Hollywood actresses. I mean, notoriously, just a huge B-I-T-C-H. I don't know why I had to spell that out, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I love that he has that handle as well. And that no <laughs> one from Faye Dunaway's team has ever been like, hey, listen, it's a little confusing. Faye Dunaway is not an Asian man. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think it's pretty clear that the bar for SNL hosts is pretty low. I mean, between Elon Musk, Trump hosted are there any other people you would love to host this season knowing the bar is especially low? Um, the first person who comes to mind is someone who knows how to make everything about herself. And that's me again, Megan McCain, who <laughs> continuously on The View reminds everyone that she interned at SNL like 20 years ago, which nobody cares about and nobody asked for. So she's the first person who comes to mind because she can't stop talking about it. And since the bar's so low, why not throw her on there? I think that's an excellent choice. My choice would be someone who also doesn't really seem to have a sense of humor um, and isn't funny in any way. And that would be Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> she could do a whole sketch about let the light in, you know, but not really uh-huh. letting it in. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I was going to say something really mean, but I'm not going to say it um, about like what types of characters she could play. We're not going to go there, though. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, that's a good choice. I like that. That's a good choice. So speaking of someone who I think I'm sure has hosted SNL at some point, Zach Efron has hosted SNL at some point, don't you think? Probably. I think so. I feel like he has. Not recently, but I think over the last 10 years, probably. Um, so Zach Efron apparently has a new face. Have you seen it? I have. Yes. yes. And... The reason why I wanted to bring it up is that there's a blind item on blindgossip.com that kind of, I think, I think is Zac Efron. I mean, obviously it's alleged. I'm 
but it's it's called Superhero Face. And again, this is on blindgossip.com. And I want to read it to you, and if you think this is Zac Efron, okay. based on his new face. It says, pretty boy actor apparently doesn't think that pretty is the way to go anymore. His face looks dot, 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 different. At least it looks different than it did just a few months ago. While some people are speculating that he had his lips done or had cheek implants, that's not it. It's his jaw and chin. Now, our actor is not old. He's not ugly. He's not deformed. He's not fat. He had a perfectly fine jaw and chin. So why in the world would he alter his face? Quote, he really wants to play a superhero. He thinks he's been passed over for lead roles in the Marvel DC Comics universe because he doesn't have that classic masculine superhero look like Superman. Does he want to play Superman? Quote, any lead superhero character would be cool, but he thinks he needs that defined jawline and that square chin to be seriously considered. He calls it the Henry Cavill look. And then it goes on and um, it says, it says, but good luck to our young actor and his new face. I think that's Zac Efron, right? Oh, yeah. With that context, though, I feel bad for him. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, he just broke up with that Australian girlfriend, too, that was his beard, right? I mean, they weren't really a thing, right? Yeah, she was like a waitress, and then she quit her job to be with Zac Efron. I don't know. That was a very <laughs> weird thing. I I mean, I feel bad for him that he, that he went to such great lengths to change the way that he looks, not really for himself, but for other people right? and for uh, for the possibility yeah. of being considered for a specific yeah. type of role. Yeah. So it's not even a, you know, it's not even like a guaranteed thing mm -hmm. according to this blind item, assuming it's about him and, and assuming that it's true. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't look better just for people that no. haven't seen the before and after photos. He doesn't look better. He doesn't look more handsome. He looks I mean, I not... would still, I would still partake, but I well, don't think he yeah. looks better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's more sad than anything. Yeah. And I think it's strange because he has that Netflix show down to earth, which have you seen it? No, I haven't. You're not missing anything, but it's all about like eating organic, eating fresher, mm. like being, being like more sustainable, being like, you know what I mean? And I feel mm -hmm. like that kind of plastic surgery is not, um, congruent with what that show is about. And he's the star of the show. I mean, it's a reality show mm -hmm. and he's the, he's the the whole kit and caboodle of the show. Mm -hmm. I, I am not particularly attracted to Zac Efron, but he's always been a very handsome, good looking dude. Mm -hmm. Right. With a huge fan base and lots of men and women that find him immensely attractive. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see some like interviews with him just to, just to see if he addresses it himself in any way in the future, or if he actually does get casted for something. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting and something to watch for. <laughs> Speaking of something to watch for, um, and someone who's made a lot of changes in her life over the last few years, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor oh. of California in the upcoming recall. What do you think about that? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I read, you know, I read a Politico article about how, you know, comparing, you know, this upcoming recall, which still has not been certified. They, they think that there's enough petitions, you know, signatures that have been gathered to launch an actual recall election, but it still has not, like the Secretary of State of California hasn't officially like certified it yet, but it's very likely that there's going to be a recall election. But it was interesting. I read a thing about how, because we all vaguely remember, I mean, I wasn't super into politics in 2003 when I was in what middle school or high school. Um, I think I was a freshman then during the Arnold Schwarzenegger mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
Gray Davis recall. I mean, I remember seeing it in the news, but not like, and I knew that there were a million people running in this recall election because you had the porn star, Mary Carey, Gary Coleman, mm-hmm. and a whole mm-hmm. and like a whole host of other people. But they were talking about how this article was all about how 2000, like California is very different in 2021 than it was even in 2003. And I don't think she's going to be successful, which makes me think, why is she running? Which is just probably to get more attention. Oh, and, yeah. may, and maybe, maybe, okay. So I think best case scenario, she knows she's not going to win, but I think she, best case scenario is we assume that she's doing this to further trans rights. Best case scenario. I don't think that's what she's doing though. Uh, no, that's not what she's doing. <laughs> Um, remember when she killed someone because she was talking on her cell phone and suffered zero consequences? I mean, her insurance premiums, I'm sure, went up. That's a consequence. Uh, At renewal. Yeah, I highly doubt that she's trying to further trans rights. I mean, the Republican Party, their platform is transphobia. And I don't see that changing. And I don't see her really speaking up about it. Mm-hmm. She hasn't. Well, I could be wrong, but I, I I cannot recall any time in which she's been very outspoken about that ever. Right. And she, correct me if I'm wrong, I know she voted for Trump in 2016. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm ass- and I'm assuming she voted for him again in 2020. Oh, oh I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and I just think the whole thing, it's going to be interesting. I do. I did look at her merch. Her logo is gross. Have you seen her logo? No, I haven't. It's it's gross. It's not like, here's the thing at the very least, get a good campaign logo, right? You would think. Yes. Like like she has plenty of money, but like, it's not, let me see if I can find it, but it's like, it's got like a star and like, it's just not, it looks very dated. Like it looks like it could have been, it looks like a 20 year old logo. Um, so Cause I do, I might want to get a coffee mug, but my problem with it is I don't want to support any of it because to buy any of her merch mm-hmm. for governor, you have to buy on win red, which is the Republican, mm-hmm. um, small group, small grassroots, uh, donating app. And I know that I'll end up on some campaign finance report for her. And I don't, I don't want to be listed as a, as a, see, this is her logo. Oh, not cute. No, I think it's, not it's cute. tacky, right? It's, um, dated. It's very dated. So Caitlin for California, cute. I I like, I like that. Love and alliteration. California is in this font, this like brush script font Mm -hmm. that you see on a lot of like Etsy stores and like Yeti mugs when they like add your name to it. It's, it's very 45 year old mom of three that has a cricket machine and is making (laughs) things to sell on Etsy. Yeah. Not cute. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not into it. Um, I I would just love someone for someone to ask her, like, what are your thoughts on the recent push by Republicans to prohibit transgender students from sports? Yeah. Because she's transgender and she's a former Olympic athlete. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I know what her answer is going to be, which is not in alignment with trans rights. So yeah, and and what I think is so weird about the whole the whole thing, and this is maybe going off on a tangent, is the Republicans' new preoccupation with trans student yeah, athletes. Yeah, it's a strange new preoccupation. What I find so interesting about it is is that all of the focus, all of the focus, is on making sure that trans women, meaning um, 
people who were born biologically mm-hmm. boys transitioning into being uh, trans girls or girls. I, I, and I apologize if I've, you know, you know, for any of our trans listeners or, or trans adjacent listeners that I've, if I've, if I've offended you, that's not my point. I'm just trying to explain this, but the focus has been on specifically those athletes. And the focus has not been on whatsoever on trans girls competing against actual boys or mm-hmm. biological boys, not actual, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that very interesting. Um, I find that interesting that no one's talking about the other way and everyone's saying, oh, it's, it's unfair in one direction, but there are some trans men that could, I mean, easily kick the shit out of me. And, <laughs> and I, now granted, granted, the bar's not high, just like the bar, <laughs> the bar's not high to kick my ass, but I mean, do you know what I mean? Like there's this weird, um, to use this word again, incongruence going on here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, equality and logical thinking have never been high priorities for the Republican Party. So <laughs> right, we can't right. say we're surprised. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. So I now want to pivot about probably the one thing that kept me going all week. You know, usually like when you have a rough, busy week, you know, there's just kind of one thing that keeps you going, you know, in the news, maybe that you're interested for you. I know you were obsessed with, uh, um, I think her name was Jessica, the Gorilla Glue girl. Yes, I was. (laughs) You were riveted. You know, what was it? 12 years ago, I was obsessed with Balloon Boy. Do you remember the Balloon Mm -hmm. Boy that went up in the balloon? That kept me Mm -hmm. going all week. This past week, the thing that kept me going was Demi Lovato's feud with the Big Chill, this, I think, Los Angeles area-based frozen yogurt shop called the Big Chill. And I think it had either two Gs or two yeah. Hs, or there was some, I don't know. But she was upset. Correct me if I'm wrong, Melissa. She was upset because this Froyo shop had a bunch of high-protein, sugar-free, gluten-free cookies, like diet cookies, by their checkout. She was triggered by that. And so she got into a feud with the shop and said that that they were, quote, diet culture vultures. That is my understanding of the situation. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But what do you think about it? Well, I think that there there's a difference. I think that there's a difference between being anti-diet culture and thinking, you know, that which is the systemic belief that. I think primarily it's been targeted to women over the years, but that men and women constantly need to be on a diet, constantly need to be watching what they're eating constantly. That is, there are legitimate forms of criticism for that type of behavior. Um, targeting a, a small business froyo shop in LA for having sugar-free and gluten-free cookies because that's what their customer base wants, that is not the appropriate, that is not, like that is a separate issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I understand she's struggled with eating disorders most of her life. Mm-hmm. I get it. But uh, it, it's like, what do you expect? Do you want diabetics and celiacs to just do better so you're not triggered by their <laughs> by the options that this this ice cream shop created for them? I, I don't understand. Right. Um, and also, you know, for someone who's always talking about living your truth, she certainly has a lot of judgments about the way other people live their lives. Um, it just seems like a weird thing to go off about. And she also didn't do a very good job of walking it back. No, she she was like, I apologize if I if my intentions were misconstrued. 
That's not a real apology. Which is, is not an apology. I should use that at work more often. I apologize if my intentions were misconstrued <laughs> anytime I get feedback for anything. Well, I apologize if my misconceptions were, or my, my concept, you know what I mean, my intentions were misconstrued. I think Demi Lovato is an exhausting person. I am not a fan. I, you know, some of her music is kind of fun. I will give her that. It's very yeah. poppy. It's fun. Some of it is fun, but I do think that, um, I, I think that she is too much. It's it's too much for me. I can't handle it. And mm-hmm. um, there was another blind item about her and about how over the years, her staff was in a no win position with her eating disorder because, mm-hmm. because she would say if, if they put not junk food, but you know what I mean? If they put basically junk food in her like green room, she would say she was triggered. How dare they put that in there? And she would freak out at her staff. And then they said, fine, well, we're only going to put healthy food in here and we're not going to have junk food anymore. And then she complained in her documentary about how, you know, they would, they wouldn't let me order room service. They wouldn't let me do this. And so I feel like it must be exhausting being her staff because apparently, Mm -hmm. and again, this is a blind item. So it's alleged and we don't know that it's about her, but if it is about her and if it's true, then that has to be exhausting to work for her. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) You're damned either way. That, Ice cream shop, the Big Chill. I've never been there. I don't think it's a chain outside of California. However, I just want to say, I like to think that that ice cream shop was named after the movie, The Big Chill, Mm -hmm. which is an excellent, excellent, excellent movie from the 80s. Highly recommend. If you need something to watch, watch The Big Chill. Have you seen that movie? Uh, Yes. The soundtrack's fantastic. Uh, It's like- And close. Hello. Oh, my gosh. So good. Um, The the soundtrack's like Motown music and mm-hmm. it's about a bunch of friends from college that reunite for a funeral, but Speaking it's of, good. It is really good. Speaking of old movies and yogurt shops, um, let's not forget to shout out um, the yogurt shop that Meghan Markle worked at, um, Humphrey Yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> also LA based. <laughs> Somehow that gets thrown into so many articles about her and I'm just like not sure what her team is trying to get at. <laughs> With that, but okay. I don't know either, but that did come up in the Oprah interview. It, oh, it did. You're right. It did. <laughs> um, so speaking of, you know, all of this Demi Froyo drama happened on Facebook and or happened on Instagram, I believe. But, you know, she's still on Instagram. She's not getting banned anytime soon. But my understanding is that Facebook, which owns Instagram, is going to be making a, I think, a permanent or semi-permanent decision on the future of Donald Trump's relationship to the platform. Is that correct? Yes. So the Facebook Oversight Board has an upcoming decision on whether to keep or reverse a ban on former President Trump's account. Uh, The board has said that it will be announced in the coming weeks. So do you think Trump will be permanently banned from Facebook, or do you think... Mark Zuckerberg, who has a soft spot for (laughs) world leaders that are trash, will allow him back on Facebook. Okay, so here's my prediction. I will imagine, I imagine this. I think that they will, I think, yes, I think they will invite him back to Facebook, but they will try to thread the needle and have it both ways because think Mm -hmm. about who's on Facebook nowadays. Mm Mm-hmm. Trump supporters. That's who's on Facebook. So I think they're going to invite him back, but there's going to be some strict caveats and there's going to be like a very like transparent, like these are the lines. If you cross Mm -hmm. these lines, you're done forever. Like, but I think they will give him another shot. 
Um, because I think that they ultimately, they know who's on Facebook. It's not like young people are not on Facebook. Young people are on TikTok, Snapchat, um, Instagram, but the actual Facebook app, it's, it's, it's no one, it's, it's no one young in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So I think yes, but I think that they will make it very, they'll try to have it both ways. They'll invite him back and he may not even want to come back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he may, because mm-hmm. think about like when SAG was investigating and he wrote that letter, like, I, I mm-hmm. don't even want my membership anymore. And I think that this will allow him to save face and say, I don't even want to be on Facebook. Mm. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, if I had to take a guess, make a prediction, they will allow him back on Facebook. And I think they can try and have it both ways. But I think the, the, guiding factors there are they want to keep people engaged on their platform. And one way to do that is to ensure people have access to Trump, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate, but I do kind of miss, I'll be honest, James, I kind of miss just like the stream of consciousness tweets he used to send out. I'm glad he's not president anymore, but he is unhinged and I don't think he should have a platform, but also I'm a little bored with politics. I, I might want that back in my life. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I am. Um, we need a, we need a Kofifi moment or what was that? Oh, Kofifi? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Despite the constant negative media Kofif, that's all the tweet was, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I miss it. I miss it. The, the, uh, the four past four years were exhausting, but I, you know, I have to be honest. I I would love him back on the platform for like maybe a couple days, and then if he could just go away again, that would be great. If I could insert what you just said, a clip that I think accurately depicts that, it's the Lindsay Lohan Oprah Winfrey post rehab interview when Lindsay Lohan says multiple times that she's addicted to chaos. Melissa, <laughs> you are addicted to chaos. I am addicted to chaos. <laughs> Okay, that's what that's what I'm comparing you wanting Trump back on Facebook to. <laughs> you know, I I had a four I when my former bosses said, "Melissa, you love watching the world burn." <laughs> it's accurate. It's accurate. Right, right. Okay, that's fair. We we respect that here. Um, <laughs> I certainly do. So, okay, perfect. So, let's go ahead and pivot to our losers and our legends of the week. Um, and I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to go first, second, losers, legends? How do you want to do this this week? I'd like to go second. Okay. And I'd like to end on a positive note. So, let's start with your loser of the week. Oh, well, have I got one for you. So, I don't know if you heard, and this man is unidentified as of yet, or I couldn't find his identity, but in Kingston, New Hampshire, there was a gender reveal party a couple days ago. Did you hear about this? I have not, no. Um, he had apparently 80 pounds of tannerite. And I don't I know don't, what that is. Well, I didn't until I read this article either. Tannerite is basically like a form of like TNT, I think, or like an explosive. And he basically like blew up a town. Like no one I think was seriously injured, but like all these homes, like the foundations are cracked now. And like he's turning himself in. I probably should have done more research before I started talking about this because I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, this is just another gender reveal gone bad. And so this guy's a loser, in my opinion. Gender reveals, I don't think, were really ever cool. Maybe they were cool like the first year they came out. But this is how gay I am. This is the level of homosexual that I've been for the last 10 years, Melissa. The first time I heard the term gender reveal party, I am not going to name who this person is. It's someone who we graduated from high school with. 
on Facebook, this person had a gender reveal party. Fine. I thought, I thought that she was coming out as transgender and that that was the trick. I didn't even know she was pregnant because I heard gender reveal. Oh, she's revealing her true gender. That's, that's my level of LGBT. Like that is how embedded I am in the gay community that I just assumed, Oh my God, I didn't know she was trans. I literally, that's where I went. I also, this is the same person who around this time of year, usually the drag race season finale happens. And it also in Indianapolis, the month of May is the Indy 500. So usually you see checkered flags everywhere. Well, drag race also features checkered flags everywhere. I go into our local gay bar and I'm like, wow, they really did it up big for the drag race season finale not realizing that it was for the Indy 500. Like that is, that is, that is how gay I am. So how do you feel about gender reveal parties though? Sorry. I've, I've gone on for far too long. I, I, my main issue with them is that like, no one really cares that much. And I acknowledge there's, there's other issues in that just because your baby is going to be born, a girl doesn't mean they're going to fully identify with that gender. So I, I understand that criticism, but more importantly, like, no one really cares that much. You, you know the phrase, like, this meeting could have been an email? Like, this mm-hmm. gender reveal party could have been a text thread. Like, <laughs> right. unnecessary. Un- and then all the big reveals that they do with, like, balloons or dynamite, apparently, or whatever else. Yeah. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. But yeah, the several homeowners and it's several towns. It affected several towns in New Hampshire. And I don't, you know, I don't know anything about New England, but I would imagine that, you know, I, I don't think this was necessary to blow up people's homes <laughs> for a gender reveal. If I was a politician in that area, I would introduce <laughs> some local ordinances that ban gender reveal parties. <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? This is why we can't have <laughs> Not very nice things. Like, we're not going to do gender reveal parties anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you should run for alderman. But if you were to run for alderman or mayor, that could be a platform that I think would be quite compelling. And you would have a lot of support with the LGBT community. You know what? I have looked into this. And um, I would love to be alderman um, for sure. I would rather be alderman in Chicago than mayor. Oh, I agree. Speaking of, this is a great segue <laughs> into my loser of the week. And, and this is someone who I think is like an honorary loser of the week every single week. Mm-hmm. But it's it's Tucker Carlson. Because oh. you, this week, you sent me a post about how Tucker Carlson has a new show called Tucker Carlson Originals. And one of the episodes is called Chicago in Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about it's like they they acquired hundreds of thousands of hours of never before seen footage and they're going to cover uh you know a, sh- uh, a city that's hanging on by a thread one of the most violent cities in the western hemisphere so this was on on friday night i tuned in james did you watch this? <laughs> I, I did not <laughs> i have i have no idea what i watched The first 15 minutes was Tucker and his executive producer talking about how amazing Fox News is because Hollywood would never allow this kind of journalism to ever happen. And they are doing such an amazing job of bringing the real truth to their viewers. Oh, my God. Okay, can we stop high-fiving ourselves and just get into the content? And then it was like... 
maybe 15 minutes, which I don't even know. I can't even tell you what the big reveal was, but they interviewed an alderman who's actually a Democrat. Um, He's the alderman that was yelling and cursing at Lori Lightfoot in an alderman meeting like months ago, and it was caught on tape, and she was yelling and cursing at him back. It's the same alderman who just (laughs) complained about gun violence, which is absolutely a problem. But anyway, after the 15 minutes, then like the, like my pillow guy was talking about something. I was like, I, I, uh, what does he have to do with Chicago? Doesn't he live in Minnesota? This this entire episode, maybe 15 (laughs) minutes was about Chicago. I don't even know. It was just talking about gun violence with it, it was trash. I have no idea why it aired. It, it There was no key takeaway. There were no learnings. I had a really hard time following it. It was it was awful. Absolutely awful television. Which, the bar isn't very high for Tucker Carlson. But right. it was just so c- confusing. It was, it was a pointless watch. Imagine that. I really wanted him to like criticize Kim Fox and be really racist so I could be enraged, but it it was awful. It was awful. So he's my loser of the week. Oh my gosh. Well, that's good. My, you know what? I'm going to, my legend of the week. And first of all, I think that that's, I'm so glad you watched it because I wanted to hear about it, but I was not ready to forfeit my front. Was it Friday night? Yeah. I had no other plans. So, (laughs) Well, this is Rona. Um, my my legend of the week, I'm putting a lot of faith in these people, but my legend of the week is the American people. Oh and my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? What could be better? My legend of the week is the American people because they're still giving Joe Biden very strong approval marks at his 100th yes. day mark. They find him to be reassuring. And quite honestly, I don't care that he is not the most eloquent person and that quite honestly, he's probably too old to be president. I don't really mm-hmm. care. I think he's doing a good job. There are days that go by in which I don't think about our president at all. It's great. And for that, I am immensely thankful. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I don't I sometimes forget that we even we even have a president. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like having a babysitter as a child that you don't think of as a babysitter. You think of as a friend or you just forget that they're there because they leave you alone. They're watching their soaps, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're five or six, you know, they're watching their soap operas and you're making yourself a PB and J and you're fully satisfied and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I agree with that legend of the week, the American, I mean, there's some, there's some <laughs> su- sub segments <laughs> That maybe aren't legends this week. But for the most part, like, I'm glad that most Americans can acknowledge and reflect on the huge change in their their own lives since we've had a new president, right? right. And it's it's mostly for the better. Absolutely. Um, my legend of the week is Grandpa Chuck Schumer. Oh. Who isn't often on my list of people that I really like every week, but he, yes, he was calling 420 an unofficial American holiday. And he has been making the case for legalizing marijuana. And I appreciate that. It's nothing groundbreaking. I mean, so many states have 
legalized it, which is awesome and great, especially in Illinois. Um, but I just love that he took it to a level to say it's an unofficial American holiday. I mean, to me, it's like it's like senior skip day, you know, <laughs> where it's unofficial. You're not really supposed to do it, but like you're going to do it anyway. And no one's, no one's going to judge you for it. It is what it is. Oh, totally. Um, but what do you think about Chuck Schumer and making the case for uh, legalizing weed? Well, I think I think it's a matter of time. I think it's 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 definitely a matter of time. And it's interesting because Joe Biden is actually this is one of the few things that he's been pretty conservative on over the years, not being mm-hmm. in favor of marijuana legalization. Now, I think if a bill got to his desk that legalized it, I think he I think he probably would sign it. But there's a lot of talk that he is open to signing it. But he doesn't want to come out and advocate for it because if he advocates for it, it'll immediately become a partisan issue. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think it's good that you have figures like Chuck Schumer that are more so leading the way um, because they're not as public as like the president of the United States. Like right. how many people know who the president is as compared to the Senate majority leader? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the Senate majority leader, as we learned <laughs> the last four years, is very powerful. <laughs> Do you think that it will be legalized at a federal level in the next four years? Maybe. Ten? Yes, definitely. Mm. Or maybe. I think it's possible, but I think definitely within ten years. It's 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 over. I mean, it's the the they already went ahead. I think they just changed, I want to say there's either a proposed regulation or a change in regulation that will finally allow. Because right now, you know, it's the you know states that have legalized marijuana. It's still legal at the federal level. So if you know the FBI wanted to come in and and you know bust these things mm-hmm. up, they could. They don't, but they could. Mm-hmm. And you can't put any of those that pot company money. You can't put in like FDIC insured accounts. I think there's a regulation that's coming to change that. Mm. But um, but it's dangerous because where do you put all this cash? Yeah, and and for someone like me, who does not use their debit card ever because I want the points on my credit card. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to a dispensary, I cannot remember what my pen is. I don't have cash on me and it's a huge headache. So selfishly, at a minimum, I would love to use my credit card at a dispensary. You deserve those points. Think about the types of rewards that a dispensary, you know, linked with Visa, you know, a dispensary mm-hmm. Visa card. Think about the rewards you'd be getting. Oh, absolutely (laughs) and you know and the here in chicago the tax is like 40 percent, so it's it's a very expensive purchase Mm -hmm. that i would be getting a lot of points on just in terms of like the dollar amount but like if amex wants to like give me like 3x the points that i could spend at chick-fil-a afterwards like well maybe (laughs) not chick-fil-a not a good taco bell afterwards like Oh my gosh. Great. Family dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amazing. So yeah, no, I think that's a great, I think that's a great legend of the week. Yeah. I'm sure next week he's going to be my loser of the week because he's just a little tone deaf, but this week he was on, he was, he was aligned with the youth with that, which I appreciate. On point, on point. All right. Well, this has been a wonderful episode and thank you all for listening. And with that, uh, we will see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.